she was underage, of course I would stop her from doing this. Thinking like, what is wrong with you? Where's your motivation? Why don't you want to, you know, persevere and stick to it? I just, I don't want him to be uh, this kind of uh, influence on his younger siblings that, that we, he sees it and they think that it's acceptable. Hello, parents of adult children. I am Sister Jix, and you're listening to the Ear of a Sister podcast. As Sister Jix, that's G-I-X, you need to know that I am not a nun. I am simply a mother of adult children, and I am one of six sisters in a very large family. You have found the place where you can feel free to just vent about the decisions made by your adult children. Their decisions might just be silly or irresponsible, cringeworthy, or possibly even heartbreaking. This is the place to let it out. I'm here to listen. Venting to my sisters has been helpful to me as I've processed the independent decisions made by adult children. So I am here for you now as Sister Jix. I would love to have you join our vent session by emailing me at earofasister at gmail.com. That's earofasister at gmail.com. You can simply write down your vent and I will read it on this podcast or let me know that you'd like me to send you a link and I'll record your vent to share with our audience. My ear is here. Let the venting begin. All right. First up today, we have Monica. And Monica has an issue with her daughter's travel plans. Welcome, Monica, to the Ear of a Sister podcast. My ear is here. Let the venting begin. Well, hi, Sister Chicks. Um, So I have a lovely daughter. Um, However, she graduated college and she got a job. Pretty surprisingly got a job. Um, She had insurance and a little 401k and worked for about a year and then decided that she thought it would be a good idea for her and her boyfriend to travel in Europe for the next six weeks, backpacking across Europe, quitting jobs and going. Mind you, she has student loans, which is my big concern. It's like, I think this is ridiculous. You don't take a big trip when you have money that is owed. Why can't she wait five years to go? I I mean, this is kind of unheard of, especially now that COVID's over. They just decided, let's just go ahead and go for it. Um, I'm not very pleased. I have a question. Does she owe you money? No, she does not owe me money. But I'm trying to teach her responsibility and... uh, you know, it's, I think if you owe anybody money, it's the student loans, you know, the low interest rate, but you know, you can't just let kids do these. I mean, there I go, kids. Nope. They're adults. They're young adults. That's why she was my, if she was underage, of course I would stop her from doing this. But so did you raise her this way? You know, I hear that a lot. <laughs> that way. I raised her to be responsible I don't know where this is coming from out of left field. Not so that she's only thinking of herself. Do you have issue with the boyfriend? Or are you okay with her traveling with her boyfriend? No, you- he's, I'm, I'm okay. Now that's, that's great too. Um, she's got a great boyfriend, but I just think both of them will regret just spending all the money right now on a trip when they aren't even married. Uh, they haven't saved for a house. They haven't done I guess the way that I did it. (laughs) I'm glad you recognize it, that maybe your 
they're going to make different choices than you. But what about him? I mean, did, did he have a job, a great job with a 401k? He, oh, yeah, he had a great job, too. They both had great jobs. This is this generation. That's what they do. They quit jobs and and just think about themselves. Yep, I want to do that. Why can't I? I'll quit a job. I'll just get a new job. Well, maybe so. they had a bunch of money saved. Do you know? Do you know details on that? I don't. I don't think they do. But well, you know, I guess they'll just use credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll bet you there's parents out there who've had kids who have taken some questionable vacations or travels at inopportune or maybe less than ideal times. And I'll bet you there's parents out there who have kids maybe living a lifestyle available only through the grace of credit cards. So if you are one of those parents, please join the vent session. Please email me at earofasister at gmail.com. I can send you a link so you can come on the air or you can just email me the details of your adult child's incredibly irresponsible by your standards decisions because parents you're not alone we're all out there and we've been through some of these same situations and thanks monica i appreciate you sharing thanks sister jix next on the line we have ed ed i'm here to listen let the venting begin i have children that are otherwise intelligent otherwise kind and considerate and contributing members of society for the most part, but they're not doing as well as they could have or could be. And the most frustrating thing is all the advice that I've ever given them that they have refused to take has proven that they should have taken it based on their life, their current life circumstances. So did you get the feeling that you wanted to say, I told you so, but you know, you can't say that. I definitely should say, I told you so. (laughs) Luckily, my wife is a kinder, more mm, patient person than I am. And she'll kick me under the table or let me know I should bite my lip. And I don't ever say those things. And I want to, you know, tell them each at different points in their life when they're so certain that what I'm telling them is bad and not going to work out that they go ahead and do things their own way. And then their end result is not good. So specifically uh, I have a son who decided that college wasn't going to work out. And I said, well, okay, then that's fine. He's got to work a job. And and he went and got a job and it wasn't a job that was going to suit him well. And I said, okay, well this, you're not going to last at this job. Uh, and here's why. And it sounds really bad of me. And I say this out loud, like I'm just telling him that he's going to be a, a failure all the time. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, I'm here to vent. I'm not here to talk about all the good things that I've ever done before, uh, or all the successes that I've had, but it's just difficult to know. Um, you know, when somebody else fails and it's not somebody that you love and care about, and they were doing something that you would deem to be a bad decision. There's a little, little bit of satisfaction in uh, seeing them struggle because they didn't do things the right way. So I don't get any satisfaction in watching them struggle. Um, it's just more frustrating. I remember really early on one of my psychology classes learning about uh, you don't have to touch every red hot burner to realize that red hot burners are hot and are going to burn your hand. 
and you don't have to experience things firsthand. And that's kind of the, the power of, of literature and movies is even when they're fictional, the life experiences can be true. And unfortunately, my kids haven't even learned from each other. So when one of them will uh, make a bad decision um, or think that something's going to work out a certain way, uh, the other one will make the same bad decision then later on. And they aren't able to, you know, communicate that through, you know, to one another. But they're uh, close. Um, so that's one thing that I think they got going for them. Their struggles have allowed them to um, be able to talk to each other. They have a lot more uh, empathy because it's true empathy because they've been in each other's shoes. And, you know, I'm the old guy who's looking at the 18 to 23 year old life stage and thinking that it was simple and easy and uncomplicated for me at that time. Whereas now it's, you know, anxiety and stress and depression. And it was just nothing but a time of, you know, amazing freedom and bliss uh, for me and everybody my age at that time. You know, we didn't know that anybody was stressed out. We didn't understand what depression was. It wasn't a phenomenon amongst our cohort, amongst our age level, right? And so, you know, they have more ways of labeling it, more way to be aware of it. Um, and when there are obstacles, you know, they get to talk about what the problems are instead of just persevering and looking for a solution. With my own kids, um, you know, different different decisions that they've that they've made. Some were because of the, of a lack of um, experience in an area, but for the most part, they'll never admit like they didn't know more about that and they just try to go you know headlong and do things and I you know I finally had to uh just turn my back and just let it go and know that okay well they have to you know they just have to do it that way um I had a uh brush fire and we were burning a bunch of uh leftover fence boards we ripped out an old fence with these dry cedar boards and I told my son like okay, yeah, his friends were coming over in a bonfire and they wanted to roast marshmallows. And these are, you know, 20 something year old guys. I'm like, but don't throw all the wood on the fire. I want you to burn it all over the next couple of days. Stuff will burn really hot. And he's like, no, it'd be easier to throw it all on at once and let it burn. I'm like, no, the flames are going to get too high. It's going to get on that tree. And just, and he just wanted to argue with me about it. And this is something where I'm like, no, if you throw that wood on there, it's going to be a massive, like you're going to start a forest fire. This is it's like, I can't turn my back. This is yeah. a, not a high school kid. This is a college kid. Yeah. Okay. He's he's 21 and his 21 year old friends are coming around. They're going to drink beer by the fire. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can burn all this wood. And I said, in fact, I want it all burned up over the next couple of days. So, you know, have a fire every night, slowly burn it. we got this giant old fence here. Um, but he want, he's convinced that, no, oh, I don't want to spend the next three days doing this. I'll just throw it all on right now and make one big fire. and. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect analogy. Like we sat and argued about it. And I'm like, okay, there are times where you have to just let kids do things. You know, if they, if you're, you know, three-year-old thinks he can jump out of a car because it doesn't look like it's going very fast. You just, you don't let him do that. You physically stop from doing that. And then when your, you know, 12-year-old wants to do something, 
sometimes you argue and scream, but you don't get really that upset because they're 12 and you know, they don't really know that. And it's like, no, cause I said, so I'm not going to explain it anymore. But when your 21 year old doesn't believe that throwing too many pieces of dry cedar fence board on a fire is going to make the flames go too high and catch a tree on fire. You is know, that what he, the, what's that? Is that what happened? Did they actually catch a tree on fire? Um, the tree never caught on fire, as far as I know, because I refused to watch what happened. I connected a hose and left. And I said, fine, you're not, whatever. And so he gets it all burned. And the next day I'm talking to him and I'm like, oh, I see all that fence, all that fence burned up. And he's like, yeah, but it almost caught the tree on fire. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, we had to start spraying it like crazy. And then we had to spread it all out and we had to make the fire die down. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I just like, well, didn't like, so the next time that this is happening, there's a fire. And it's like, well, I didn't know. I'm like, well, I did know I had done this before. Like you wouldn't believe me. Like at what point, why would I be saying this? Like just to punish you, to make you take three days. I mean, you want to take a risk because you're so lazy. It's like, you don't want to listen to good advice because uh, it just seems like, no, this would be easier thing to do but there are negative outcomes that are potential. And it was like a perfect analogy. It's like, okay, fine. Like you're, you're going to do this and I'm just supposed to let you make that mistake. And what if that tree would have caught on fire? Well, we had a hose there. If I didn't put the hose out there, you wouldn't have had the hose. And so he couldn't grasp that it was a, you know, this, this him wanting to burn the fire his way, the reckless faster way. uh, And it almost cost him. He didn't look at that as, oh, maybe I should listen to advice from people. He looked at it as, well, see, it worked out for me. And yeah, you said all that, but I had it under control anyway. Wasn't going to give me the satisfaction. But the fact that he admitted to it, he didn't say, yeah, we did it in no, with no problem. Right. So that was kind of the little victories that my sons have always liked to have is they want to know what I say they can't do. And then they want to do it. Because they want to show that this thing that can't be done, there's there's some reward in doing the non-traditional thing of I'm going to make it without going to college or I'm going to make it without having a regular nine to five job. I'm going to have two side hustle jobs or no, I am going to be the one person that's going to be a world famous YouTuber in our family. I am going to be the one person that, you know, can get roommates to pay all of my rent on the apartment because I'll discharge them more than we need to. Right. So they all have these ideas of how things are going to work out and they need to, you know, go through it firsthand uh, before they're going to recognize that maybe they don't have the answers. When I'm feeling frustrated about my adult children's choices, some of my coping mechanisms include walking, chocolate, bourbon, uh, what are your go-to coping mechanisms? What is your coping mindset? Uh, I always try to imagine uh, friends of mine that I respect who have kids of similar age and stage in life. And what advice would I give them if they came to me to complain about their kids for doing whatever, you know, my kids are doing. And it never seems to be as severe when I imagine it's somebody else's kid, you know, if, uh, if a coworker of mine came to me and said, you know, uh, my son just decided that 
he doesn't want to go to college anymore and he's going to move in with one of his friends and he doesn't have a job yet. And he thinks that he's going to go, you know, work at this car dealership. I'd be like, well, you know, college isn't for everybody. I mean, he'll find a way he's, he's a sharp kid. Maybe he'll, you know, advance to that car dealership. So I would say those are the the two most things I try to imagine that, you know, <laughs> I try to imagine my kids aren't my kids, but they're somebody else's kids and whatever advice I would give other uh, parents, then I try to give that advice to myself. I like that kind of reflecting on your own stupidity and thinking of if the situation was someone else's kid kind of helps you put it in perspective. Hopefully that helps somebody out there. And thanks for calling in and, and venting to the ear of a sister and feel free to call back anytime, anytime you got something else you need to vent about or here because there's a whole community of parents that have these same thoughts about their kids. And it's not the pretty picture that's painted on social media. So thank you for calling. Next up, we have Marie. And Marie has an issue with body art. Hi, Marie. Welcome to Ear of a Sister. Hi, Sister Jix. This is Marie. And um, first of all, I want to say I love my child. Um, they are wonderful, but my son came home from school from spring break and with some body art on their arm and he knows our rules in this house is that we don't usually do anything like that to our bodies. And I was, um, a little upset that he chose to do this and that, the money that we've used for him to go to school, he ended up using to put this body art on his arm. <gasps> and I, yeah, I just, I'm, I don't know what to do. And I, I tried to not get upset, but I was, and I, I, uh, I just, I don't want him to be a, this kind of a influence on his younger siblings that, that we, he sees it and they think that it's acceptable. Well, what bothers you more? Is it the body art or is it the fact that he used the money for something that it was not earmarked for? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think actually probably the money being earmarked for something else. (laughs) I think that's what kind of irritates me because I I just don't think I would have done that when I was his age. I would have like, if my parents were paying for my schooling, I would have used that for schooling, not to go get a tattoo or my ears pierced or whatever it was going to be at that time period. (laughs) Has this ever happened to any of your friends, children? Have you ever seen any of them end up with tattoos? I think it is kind of this, there was this uh, actually youth group leader that uh, the boys really, that really, really kind of gravitated to. And they had like this cool, like Jesus fish on their shoulder. And that was kind of the like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Hmm. All right. So you're still thinking about this. uh, Yeah. How long has it been going on? How long has it been since the incident? Uh, it's been a couple months now. So, um, but I'm still, I'm still irritated and I just don't, I don't know how to either, you know, do I just let it go or how do I bring it up to say, look, what you did was, 
just not considerate or I don't know. Well, I'm not sure what your family dynamics are, but all I know for me, talking about it is the first step towards like getting over something. There's sometimes there is no solution, but I I know for me, just talking about it, just venting about it can sometimes ease my irritation at certain events in my adult children's lives. So yeah, I'm really okay. glad that you shared that. I hope that by just talking about it, it can like, you can maybe take a step back and go, oh, maybe I can handle this better than I thought. Yeah, I think it's been helpful just to even just talk to someone else that maybe doesn't even know our family um, so that I can just kind of say what I feel without feeling like I'm being judged. (laughs) No judgment here. This is the anonymous ear of a sister podcast. So remember that you listeners, you can always talk to me and this is anonymous. I'm not going to out you. This is not meant to be posted on a Facebook page anywhere. This is just you can get a link if you want to verbalize it. You can, I can also send you the link at earofasister at gmail.com if you want to just type out your story. And we actually have a few of those that I will read uh, a little bit later on. So thank you so much, Marie, for sharing. I, I'm sure that the audience can relate. I'm sure there's more than one parent who has experienced something similar to that. And if you have, go ahead, let's share. Let's share with the audience. Any of you parents out there, let me know. Have you had any body art incidences that you'd like to share or just vent about? Please email me at earofasister at gmail.com. That's earofasister at gmail.com. Thanks, Marie. Oh, wait, wait, wait just a second, Sister Jix. I have another issue, and this is really on my heart and on my head <laughs> in that my other child that's um, in their thirties and they have chosen to not get vaccinated. And they keep on saying the reason why is because it's not healthy and it's not good to put this stuff in their body. And they're not willing to listen to any type of science or um, anything of that nature. And and yet they also care for my mother. So, which they are good people. They're good people. Um, they are living and helping my mom out, their grandmother, and I appreciate that, but they're not willing to get vaccinated and they feel like it's just a big hoax. And they think that the vaccine isn't safe and that it's only emergency certified. So it's not real. And they, no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. Like I will send them like links to like, Hey, this is what JAMA says, or, hey, this is what uh, fertility experts say and that it is safe. It doesn't have anything to deal with, you know, causing people to have low sperm count. <laughs> Any vaccine does that. Any vaccine does that because whenever you get a temperature, your sperm count goes down. But guess what? The sperm count goes up after the temperature is back to normal. I'm just so frustrated. I'm sorry. This is, this is really just drives me crazy. And they're not willing to like recognize that every time they go out and then they come back that their grandmother is going to be exposed. This is, this is something that I know you're not alone on. I mean, God bless America for freedom of choice, but I know that there are families struggling with this. It's like, it's like the civil war families are divided over this issue and it. I guess people are going to feel helpless, right? What, what can you do? 
what, what can you do? But I, that- yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't even, I can't even, it's not like, you know, they're 12 years old and I can drag them down there, you know, to get vaccinated. <laughs> this is another adult and we cannot control other adults choices. I guess all we can control is our reaction or how we live our lives. Right. I guess I just, I don't know what else to do, but I, I, I just feel so frustrated about the whole situation. It's it to me is selfish. And yet I know my son is not a selfish person. He is a good person. And yet he's listened to these fallacies and believes them. Oh my gosh. That, that would be agonizing as a mother. I, I understand that we always want what's what we think is best for our kids. And that is the struggle with adult children is we don't get to pick what other adults feel is best for them. We don't. And it is agonizing. And this is one of those, those cases where it's not just silly. It, it, it could be heartbreaking. The situation could be heartbreaking for you. So I know you're not alone. And again, parents out there, if you have another take on this, love to hear it. This is the place to vent about it. Judgment free. Just come and vent about it. Either side of that argument. I'd love to hear from you. So, um, Marie, thanks again. Those are two very interesting <laughs> topics you're having to deal with. And I'm I'm sorry, but you're not alone. There's a whole lot of us parents out there that are just scratching our head over some of these choices from our adult children. So I really appreciate you sharing today and maybe just giving some comfort to other parents who might be in your same position. So thanks, Marie. Any Anything else before I go again? Is there something else you want to like lay on there or... You want to just keep on listening? No, that's good. Thanks, Sister Jix. I really appreciate just your listening here. That wraps up another vent session, parents. I appreciate your willingness to share your stories with our audience. For me, it wasn't a simple transition from parenting minor children to watching my adult children struggle to find their path and purpose. Just listen to episode one if you want to hear all about that. I appreciate you listening, but even more, I'm asking that you reach out to me at ear of a sister at gmail.com and share your story. You can remain anonymous, but please know that you're not alone. The fact that we love our children so much is what makes it difficult to watch as they sometimes dig themselves into the proverbial ditch or just refuse our sound loving advice. Don't we know better? Well, maybe not. Let's all hang in there with the help of some walking, prayer, yoga, chocolate, dark chocolate, bourbon, and of course, venting. My ear is here. Let the venting continue. I'm Sister Jix, and you've been listening to the Ear of a Sister podcast.